Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. episode of the Ocho presented to you in partnership as always with SB Nation's blog and the boys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from Red Ocean. Your humble host on the Ocho. It is Wednesday, November 2nd, 2022. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy. And before we keep going, I want to remind you that the Ocho is presented to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, the jerky that helps fuel our Dallas Cowboys. That is correct. Righteous Felon Jerky and Biltong are available for Cowboys players at the Ford Center Training Facility. Each two-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, Biltong 32 grams, and each meat stick has 8 grams of protein. If it's good enough for the 6-2 and two Dallas Cowboys, it has got to be good enough for you, too. Righteous Felon uses locally sourced all-natural black Angus beef and prides itself on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BTB15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That is code BTB15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. Thank me now. Thank me later. Trust me, that bag of Nelson Mandela goes a long way. But today is Wednesday, not Thursday. We had a bit of a scheduling conflict here at Blogging the Boys. No new episode of Talking the Star with Connor Livesy this week. Uh, actually, we should have told you there are no updates this week from Jess Navarez. The Cowboys are on by. Uh, so we dialed that back. There's not a lot of news during the bye week, obviously. But we do have, uh, outside of, uh, of Connor's show, um, our normal... Uh, sort of slate of shows available for you this week. But today is Wednesday. You're hearing from me. You normally hear from me on Thursday mornings. But, uh, you know, I'm here on Wednesday afternoon. I was already here for you uh, on the NFC's mixtape earlier with Brandon Lee Gunn. We recorded that before game uh, three of the World Series, which was painful. But game four tonight, we're coming back. Don't worry. Go Strohs. Strohs and six. Um, tomorrow, in the normal spot of the Ocho, you will hear a special episode with Brandon Laurie and Tony Catalina. We will see if Aiden Davis joins that. Still waiting to hear word uh, back from Aiden as I record this. But um, this actually kind of worked out because I had some thoughts I wanted to get out and kind of put into the proverbial microphone. Um, I don't have any notes. I don't have anything. Um, I mean, it's a bye week, so it's, you know, whatever. But um, Tuesday was the trade deadline, and we did touch on this on uh, on the roundtable show that we do live um, that, that comes out on Tuesday evenings, and there are a lot of Cowboys fans who are, like, pissed off, um, who are really upset, and I've heard from a lot of you. I appreciate your, your comments and, and your questions and, um, you know, thoughts. I, I always appreciate those, but I, I don't understand this. Now, cards on the table, a lot of things that I thought have gone wrong this season for the Cowboys, right? Now, I have no shame in admitting that. I have been wrong on a lot of things. I maintain that the Cowboys have gotten incredibly lucky with a couple of things, like Tyler Smith being a very, very fine left tackle option as a rookie. He's had some flaws, but generally speaking, he is a, a very, very fine option. Brett Maher being amazing. That 
I don't think anybody saw coming, but certainly I'll uh, I'll put that egg on my face. Um, but there are a lot of things. I didn't think Dante Fowler was going to be that great of a deal. I thought that was just kind of an average journeyman sort of thing. Uh, he has been remarkable for the Cowboys. Obviously, um, you know, he's not Dorrance Armstrong or anything, but that was another one. I, I thought that that was um, just kind of a reaction to losing Randy Gregory, the way all that unfolded. And, and the Cowboys have, have made me eat a lot of my words. And I, I don't think that we should ever go from one end of the spectrum to the other. And I was very much at the end of a spectrum. Um, but I do think that I'm, I'm in the middle here because I think there are a lot of Cowboys fans who are upset um, that their team did not trade for DJ Moore, that their team did not trade for Brandon Cooks, that their team did not trade for Bradley Chubb, that their team did not trade for Roquan Smith. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you um, that the Cowboys have the best roster in the NFL. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I would not have gotten excited had the Cowboys made a move for any of those players or, or other similar ones. Um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that trading for Jonathan Hankins is the same thing as any one of those things. But I do think that the Cowboys are maybe not getting enough credit from some people for, for being kind of on pace with their competitors. If you look at, at all of the top teams uh, in the NFL at this point in the season, obviously this is the bye week for us, uh, but, but it is week nine, and you look at the Minnesota Vikings, they're a contender in the NFC. They made a big-time trade, trading for TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I love that trade. I'm very, very anxious to see the Cowboys play in Minnesota in a couple of weeks. If you follow me in my work, you know that I've been a believer in the Vikings for a few months now, um, so I obviously believe in them all the more with another weapon for Kirk Cousins to work with. Um, Buccaneers didn't really add anything. Um, I I'm, I'm still considering them an NFC contender, like they're in the box. I mean, they're they're at the you know they're at, the, at one end of the spectrum of the box. Um, you know, but it's not like the NFC South is is really going to you know yield a, a true competitor. But you get my point. Um, the Seattle Seahawks didn't really add anybody. Maybe you think they're going to win the NFC West. Maybe you think that the 49ers are going to find a way. Obviously, they traded for Christian McCaffrey. I don't think that's a move that any of us are kind of clamoring for the Cowboys to make um, because they're arguably not giving enough touches as is to their most dynamic running back on the roster but I don't want to you know <laughs> I don't want to cause any fights I'm really here to kind of hopefully provide some level of peace um you look at the Philadelphia Eagles trading for Robert Quinn right that was a great trade and and this 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 was a subject last week this actually happened um right after I recorded the Ocho a week ago and there were all these Cowboys fans trying to just like you know, dunk on this move like, oh, stupid Eagles. It's a fine move. It's a very fine, very solid move. You look at the AFC, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs trading for Kadarius Toney, and you you kind of look at the Chiefs, obviously, and you're like, well, their offense is great. Like, why do they need anything? Well, their wide receiver group has had some questions. Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling have come along, but they need some help there. So I love that move for the Chiefs. The Buffalo Bills, very predictably, uh, trading for Naheem Hines. Um, the Baltimore Ravens, I think they're certainly a contender trading for Roquan Smith, as mentioned. I mean, it did feel like every team um, like if we made a list of the teams that could win the Super Bowl, that we could see winning the Super Bowl, it felt like just about every single one of them added something. Now, we can debate the impact of, of their, their additions or their, their acquisitions by way of trades, but it, it did feel like they all did something. And I don't think the Cowboys are getting enough credit just because they didn't trade for DJ Moore, they didn't trade for Brandon Cooks. And again, I'm not trying to say that those things wouldn't have made this team much better, but this statement that I'm about to say generates eye rolls and it has generated eye rolls for me in the past but things change data changes you know more evidence comes out right like you know we're allowed to have a different opinion on this team today on on wednesday november 2nd um than we did on october 1st or september 1st or august 1st or, or you know the day that randy gregory spurned the cowboys for the denver broncos right you know opinions change as evidence and data and facts change and so that being said i do believe that the cowboys have earned the benefit 
of the doubt, at least some benefit of the doubt. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that James Washington's going to come in um, whenever he does return to the Cowboys or, or debut for the Cowboys. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's going to produce the way DJ Moore is going to produce or would have produced for the Cowboys or the way Brandon Cooks would have produced for the Cowboys. But I'm kind of willing to trust them, and I can't believe those words myself because if you listen to me or you watch me or you, you read my tweets or read my articles, you know that I have had a lot of problems with the way that the Cowboys have built this team. However, they have earned some benefit of the doubt. Think about it. Dante Fowler, we all rolled our eyes. That has proven to be rather significant. Brett Maher, again, we all rolled our eyes, and that has proven to be rather significant. Cavante Turpin, oh, wow, you got a, a special teams retirement. That has proven to be a significant addition. Jason Peters was kind of a forced issue. I don't really give them credit for that one personally, but he has come in and afforded them um, – you know, I guess depth, but but at least a different tool to work with is maybe the best way to put that. Cooper Rush. <laughs> like I, I I killed the Cowboys for Cooper Rush. I killed the Cowboys. I wrote article after article saying how the Cowboys were not taking the backup quarterback position seriously. And I believed though that at the time. And I still kind of believe it. I, I still kind of chalk it up to luck, but I also chalk the luck up to coaching and development and, and to growth and to new evidence and new data and new facts, right? Like all these things that we've already been talking about here. And so to that point, I think they deserve some trust. I think that it's it's unfair to be like, and, and maybe this isn't you, but I have seen a lot of this take coming out. And, and this is a 6-2 and two team. This is one of the best teams in the NFL by any measurement you want to spit out, whether it's DVOA or, you know, FPI or RJ Ochoa's personal power rankings, right? <laughs> right? Like, this is a very good team, one of the best teams in the NFL, which has been the theme of the conversation that you and I have been having every single week here on the Ocho. And so I think it is completely fair to say, you know what? I will trust them on this one because generally speaking, for the last three months, they have made the right decisions more often than not. So you don't want to trade for DJ Moore. You don't want to trade for Brandon Cooks. That bums me out a little bit, but you have earned my trust in this particular case. And if you look at the wide receiver position, because you might be listening and going, yeah, RJ, but 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 DJ Moore, but Brandon Cooks, like we don't have a, a receiver who's had 100 yards in a game so far this season. That's true. But there's context that's necessary, right? Like, have they played eight games with Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup and James Washington and Jalen Tolbert and failed to do that? No, they have played two full games with Dak Prescott. So so like sometimes things like that get, get made into this, you know, this molehill gets made into this mountain that, that isn't really fair, that isn't really contextualized. And so, yeah, I'm bummed that they don't have a receiver who who's had 100 yards. Not that that's the measurement of anything. But if you'll recall, uh, you know, the last time the Cowboys traded for a wide receiver uh, was the 2018 season, obviously. A little bit earlier in the year before this point, the Cowboys beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that was a big moment. I very, very vividly remember Tyrone Crawford walking in and saying, stop talking crap about our offense on the way to the locker room. He did not say the word crap. Um, and that was a big deal because the Cowboys offense had been so bad. And that day against the Jaguars in 2018, Cole Beasley became the first Cowboys receiver to have 100 yards. That was different. That wasn't the same as this because that was deck. That was what they put out on paper failing week in and week out. Cole Beasley and Deontay Thompson and Tavon Austin and Terrence Williams. And none of it was working. Alan Hearns, right? That's why they had to make that trade for Amari Cooper. That's why they had to smash the panic button. It's we, we haven't seen it. I mean, and this isn't drinking the Kool-Aid. This isn't smelling the roses. We haven't, we have really yet to see this offense. And, and some of this is injury and, and everybody has to deal with that, but we have yet to see this offense 
when, when the Cowboys got together at the Star in Frisco over the summer or the spring and said, what's this team going to look like, right? When, when they had this roster in place and they said, what's, what's our ideal offense? What does it look like? Let's put it, let's write it down. Let's fill out the depth chart, right? We have yet to see that group consistently, right? Because even week one, right? The beginning of the season, Michael Gallup wasn't there, right? So like, think about it. There was, um, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but um, great friend of the show, Bobby Bell, last year was tracking how many games uh, that CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper had actually played together because it was kind of, you know, shockingly low because, you know, because of injuries and COVID things and whatever. Um, so if you think about it, what, what is the starting offense uh, on this team, right? Let's kind of flesh it out. O-line is, is kind of a crapshoot, but, but even with Tyler Smith in there, it's Tyler Smith, Jason Peters, right? Tyler Biotish, Zach Martin, right, who dressed up as Homer Simpson for Halloween, uh, Terrence Steele. We have yet to see that group work consistently, but fine. Let's let's consider the offensive line a bit of an aberration here. Let's talk about skill positions. Ideal starting offense, the other six players, quarterback, Dak Prescott. Running back, as the Cowboys view it, Ezekiel Elliott. But obviously we all, I think we all want Tony Pollard involved more, but again, not trying to instigate anything. At receiver, you're talking about CeeDee Lamb. Michael Gallup, and then James Washington, right? We have yet to see James Washington. Jalen Tolbert, we have yet to see Jalen Tolbert. I love Noah Brown. You love Noah Brown. He was not designed to be this team's third starting wide receiver in 11 personnel, or at least the season was not designed to be that way. We're still waiting on James Washington or Jalen Tolbert to get off the ground. You're tied in, Dalton Schultz. And yeah, we've got some options there now with Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot. But my point is, like, we have yet to really see that. And the closest that we have come was this past Sunday against the Chicago Bears, and the offense went off. And that's not me trying to sit here and tell you that every single week from here on out, the Cowboys are going to score touchdowns on their first four possessions. But I do think that it is worth looking at that and saying, well, that is what they designed. That is the way they envisioned this. Again, Pollard playing more than Zeke, so that serves as a huge argument for that. Not here to have that discussion, like I said. But if that's the closest thing to what they designed, and admittedly against a, a team that's not the best in the Chicago Bears, then yeah, then maybe they don't need to make this like panic-altering move. Could you argue that they should have been in on some lower-quality players? Totally. And I'm not saying like this. This isn't a pass-fail proposition. I'm not saying well they didn't make a trade, so pass. Boom. A plus. No. But I I don't think it's worth freaking out about. I don't know why people are. I I disagree with the presentation of the of the story as the Cowboys don't care, the Cowboys are dragging their feet, the Cowboys like their own guys. I disagree with that. I think that that has totally and certainly been the case in the past, and, and that has you know burned them many different times, and they have benefited from luck, right? Like maybe... You know, maybe Dante Fowler truly was just this like, whatever, let's get this signing done. He, you know, Dan knows him, whatever, blah, blah. But it worked out. I'm willing to trust them here. I really am. That's that's not to say that they have had high levels of success to the highest degree, obviously, over the last 30 years or so. No, that's not to say that. But they have earned that much. For the most part, the decisions that they have made have worked out. Again, there's luck involved. But there's also some great coaching, and I think that we have to give them credit for that. We have to give them their flowers. And so at the very least, we have to not freak out when they don't send a second-round pick uh, to the Houston Texans for Brandon Cooks to take on his $18 million in guaranteed salary. That would be a panic move, and I don't think this is a team that's in that kind of position. So um, I can't believe that I, I came on here for 15 minutes and defended the Dallas Cowboys front office, but it's just that kind of world, baby. That's the one that we're living in. So, hey. Uh, I hope you enjoyed a special Wednesday 
edition of the Ojo. Like I said, uh, we had to, to do some um, just kind of moving around. Um, so new episode, uh, you know, we'll see exactly who's on. It's going to be a surprise, but you'll still get your normal allotment of episodes from a quantitative standpoint here on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network, where we hope you subscribe, where we hope you leave a rating, and where we hope you write a review. We also have a lot of videos coming out this week uh, on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel, so go subscribe over there as well. Also, obviously, articles, as always, at blogandtheboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at RJ Ochoa, on TikTok at RJ dot ochoa if you want to send me an email you can rj.ochoa at sbnation.com astros please even the series tonight please i'm asking you very kindly please christian javier let's get it done uh thanks everybody for listening hope you have a wonderful day hope you have the greatest wednesday of all time you know why because you deserve it we will see you manana my friends as always go cowboys and peace out Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.